0: Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. Well, good morning. I'm gonna welcome you here today. Thank you. Uh, good morning. Uh, if you're here online or here in person, thank you for being here. It's, it's such a joy to be together here at the Vine, and uh, missed you these last couple weeks. And thanks for Tim and the the strong preaching of the Word. And last week, uh, Tim told the story about a good friend of ours, Peter Rhoda, who uh, was a member at this church. And Peter, um, uh, about a couple Good Fridays ago, and Tim told this story about how he received Jesus on Good Friday. You don't usually hear about that, but it's so cool. And he just came and hit his knees, and Tim, before, yeah, after the service, Tim led him to Christ. Well, after that occasion, I was, we were looking for who could pour into their life and the gospel into uh, Peter, and I thought about my dad right here, Neil Adams, <clears throat> and uh, I introduced uh, a Peter to, to dad, and uh, it was pretty cool because they were both from Iowa, uh, you know, that's a good relationship, Hawkeyes. They connected quickly. Uh, they were both in the army, though dad was a private. Uh, and he, 88 years old. Peter was a lieutenant colonel and 76 years old. And uh, so at the end of their conversation, their first, um, <clears throat> I re, you know, remember it's customary, I, I found this out, for a person of lower rank to always initiate the salute, right? So Peter, who was the lieutenant colonel, stood razor straight, shoulders back, and he saluted my dad and he said, I salute you, my younger brother in the Lord. <laughs> it was awesome. And they became fast friends. And uh, dad uh, and Peter had lots of Bible studies. They talked about the word of God, about God's grace. Peter grew like crazy. He actually led a Monday night men's study the Lord worked through Peter, and then he passed away just a few weeks ago. And by the way, his service of celebration is tomorrow at 12 noon at Ingram's. If you can join me, I'll be leading that. Um, would love to have you to honor um, Peter's, Peter's life. Um, and so together, we, we are just uh, both, uh, we're sad about that, but we're glad for Peter. Right, Dad? And my dad is uh, that kind of guy who has that lot of love that pours out to him, especially for the underdog. He is the kind of guy that reminds me, and I'm so glad about my father that I could say this, he knows how much God has forgiven him. You know, it's not that God has forgiven him any more than me or you. It's just he realizes the depth of his sin and brokenness and the overwhelming magnitude and vastness of God's love and forgiveness. And when God's forgiveness meets you and touches your heart at a deep level, it changes you. And you can't help but come to Jesus and want to gladly rejoice in Him and his beautiful work and long and desire for him and his word so do you realize how much you have been forgiven by Jesus if you know Christ do you know that <laughs> if you do it's changing us it's making us different kind of people as we continually look at Jesus and realize how forgiven and how generous his love is. So we've been looking each week, uh, just starting um, last Sunday as we prep for Easter, each of these Sundays, asking God to cause our hearts to realize the depth of his love and forgiveness and to really see the uniqueness of Jesus and his story. And we've been looking at the Gospel of Luke and uh, why did Luke write this account? Well, we see the purpose in Luke chapter 1, verse 4. And he says, in essence, that, that Luke the doctor, a uh, disciple of Jesus, wrote Luke's gospel so that we would trust him, uh, we who are his forgiven sons and daughters. And we would grow in that. So let's look together at this passage today. We're, we're going ahead to Luke chapter 7. Verse 36, if you have your Bibles, open them up in handhelds so you can grab the context of the passage and you can understand um, the surroundings of this important biblical teaching. This is God's word. Thanks be to him. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the anointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher, A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This is God's word. (laughs) Holy are you, Lord. Worthy is your name. So I love this story. Uh, Because Jesus is ready to love and freely give his love to anyone who will humble themselves in his presence and come to his feet, so to speak. And we're going to see from this passage, first of all, as we look at the first few verses from verse 36 to 43, that Jesus shows us this clearly, you are welcome here. You see, in this passage, Simon, not Simon Peter the Apostle, but a Pharisee, and remember the Pharisees were the people who loved making everyone else keep the law in the exact way they interpreted it. And he invites, Simon invites Jesus, a well-known rabbi, in northern Israel, probably the city of Capernaum, to his home for a meal, a banquet in his honor. Jesus accepts the honor and the invitation. It's interesting because he didn't just shun all the religious people. Here he is hanging out with Pharisees as he did with tax collectors and sinners. He would go wherever he was invited and truly welcomed. And there at Simon's Home, there were other Pharisees, no doubt, at his table. But then, the shocking event happens. Verse 37 tells us this. It says, a woman who was a sinner came in and came into the banquet. You see, she was called a woman of the city who was a sinner. You know, in our culture, you'd probably feel pretty good if you were known for your cooking or your personality or if you can two weeks in a row get the word word. Maybe your gardening skills. I don't know. But imagine... This woman in this community, what she was known for, she was known as the sinner. Think about it. (laughs) That's pretty harsh, right? In our culture, an uninvited guest like this would not be welcome. But there in Jesus' day, there was a real openness and hospitality in meals and feasts especially. And the homes were built probably with open patios. So probably, likely, in this story, the woman comes behind the house to the patio where Jesus is laying on some pillows at a one to two foot high tables. Those were the tables of the day called tricliniums. And there leaning against the table, he was preparing to eat this meal, this feast with Simon. Simon. And these Pharisees, and this woman comes and stands right behind Jesus. And we see that it says in verse 38, and standing behind him at his feet. So what's the significance of that? It's obvious, first of all, she's at his feet, right? But we know uh, in those days, people didn't wear socks and shoes like we do, they wore sandals and they walked on dirty, dusty trails, roads. They walked a lot, miles and miles. And the typical custom is if you were invited to a meal, the host of the home would ensure that every guest's feet would be washed by themselves or someone there from the home. But here in this passage, we see that Jesus is here and, and somehow the host fails to wash his feet. Secondly, at his feet is a term that can mean in those days the relationship between a rabbi, the master, which Jesus was, and his student, which this woman was. It's obvious by Jesus' kind of response to this woman that he already knew her. And likely he's had some engagement with her about the gospel and perhaps she has already received a pronouncement of forgiveness by Jesus himself already. But here in this passage, the beauty of what, this, what Jesus shares with this woman, the sinner, is this. And then he, by the way, he shares this with you too. He says this, you are welcome here. You are welcome here. So, what is keeping us? What is keeping us from sitting at Jesus' feet? You see, this woman knew two things when she arrived. Verse 39, she knew that this Pharisee, this religious guy, would condemn her. For her sins, she was the sinner, maybe a prostitute, we don't know, but she clearly had these overt sins that the community knew about. And the Pharisee's like, she's the sinner. What are you doing, Jesus? Get her out of here. But she knew another thing. She knew Jesus in his heart. She knew He was a God of love and acceptance for those who would acknowledge their sin and their need for a rescuer, a savior, for him. And boldly and humbly she came, verse 37 says, she brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And again, according to Mark 14.3 and John 12.3, if it was nard, it was worth about a year's salary, a wage that she had. Imagine you coming in to worship this morning, and, and I'm just gonna sit right down here and you break open a flask and pour out a year's worth of your salary on my feet. <laughs> this woman was generous, she was joyful. And she, with tears, wipes Jesus' feet with her hair. She actually took her hair down. And this in those days, you didn't do that. A woman in the presence of someone who was not your husband, you would not normally take your hair down. But she was so lost in love and wonder in Jesus' presence that she took her hair down because she thought, I'm using my hair to wipe The master's feet. There was so much love, so much joy that gladly flowed from her life. Isn't this beautiful a picture of someone who's been so loved and impacted by Jesus? And notice the other other character, Simon. Verse 39 says, that he said to himself, we know that Jesus, who was God, actually knew the very thoughts of this Simon, the Pharisee, that he was actually condemning this woman in his mind. He didn't say it outward. But in verse 40, Jesus told the Pharisee, I have something to say to you, listen up. And I he's probably thinking, I'm so glad he doesn't know my thoughts. But he did. And Jesus tells a parable in verses 41 through 43. And here's the summary. A lender canceled the debt of two men, one who owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Right? The one man was forgiven 10 times the amount of the other. The Pharisees correctly did the math. And when Jesus asked him in the story who loved more the You know, who loved this gracious lender more? The Pharisee had the right answer. They tend, religious people tend to have a lot of right answers. And he correctly replied, verse 43, the one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt. Jesus is about to show everyone at the meal how much. He loves and forgives those who humble themselves at his feet. And then we see in verses 44 through 50 that really at the feet of Jesus, our hearts are revealed. So Jesus looks at the woman now for the first time in verse 44. And he asks the host to look at her, who's the sinner, and see who she really was and what God had done for her. You see, Jesus didn't just see what she did and how incredibly gracious she was and she was. She was very, I mean, very generous. I mean, yes. But he saw deeper. He saw deep inside her heart. Do you know that this, that Jesus sees every one of your hearts? He knows every one of your thoughts. (laughs) He knows your doubts and your questions and your struggles and your trials and your shame thoughts. He knows all your thoughts. He knows your joy and your your gladness and your hope. He knows you. He knows your very heart. And this woman knows one thing. My sins have been fully forgiven. The debt is paid. See, she received more love than her heart could contain. So she gladly gave away love through practical actions. Is this true for you and me? Are you giving your life away in giving and service and heart? Is, are your affections and your mind on the kingdom of God and Jesus and wanting to promote him constantly? No, no, none of us do this perfectly, but are we growing in this? So she does three things. This host, her important courtesies of the day, the host failed to do. She washes Jesus' feet and wetting them with her tears and lots of them. She continually kisses his feet, and then she anoints them with oil, and we see this in verses 44 through 46. And then we come to the very heart of this passage, verse 47. And don't miss this. Catch this if you catch anything. There Jesus says this to Simon, to the woman who overhears it, And to every one of us who read the word of God today, he says, therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. Man, those are, wow. Wow. Hard for all of us, right? Lord, make me more generous. Make me more loving. Change my heart, Lord. I think that's the cry of every Christ follower. And if you don't know Christ, may you know how great the forgiveness and love of God is. You see, this woman who's doing these great acts of service and worship. She's unexpected guest. She had no good work. She's described as a sinner, yet she for understood forgiveness by the master, her Lord and Savior. She understood, catch this, the magnitude of God's love for her. Do you understand that? Do you know how much God really loves you? Yes, a sinner. But if you're a Christian, he doesn't see you that way anymore. Thanks be to God. You see, there's no place she would rather be than at the feet of Jesus. There's no place. She would rather be than at Jesus' feet. How about us? You know, see, last week, Tim, Pastor Tim, shared that we struggle to understand the uniqueness of Jesus. And we may see Jesus as one of many options. It's so easy in this world, this fast-paced world that we live in. We're all fairly independent people, right? Right? And often we can compare ourselves to others, especially what we do, especially if we've been a Christian for a while. You know, it's hard for a lot of us to really look out at the world. It's honestly, this is hard, and have compassion. Because a lot of times in our own hearts, we're, we're thinking, man, they should just get it. But God has prepared you and I, who are the forgiven ones, to be the instruments of grace to lead a dying, dark, lost world to himself. Do we realize that? Do we have love and compassion for our co-workers from the worst neighbor, the one that ticks us off more than anyone? Do we have a heart for the people around us that are the sinners. You know, it's when you receive and know continually, not just once, but over and over again as a Christ follower, knowing the love of God, that he deepens your desires to love unlovable, broken people. You see, it's possible that you go to condemnation quickly. That's that's pretty. uh, That's that's a often Christian go to, unfortunately. But also, you might be on the other end of the spectrum. You might not feel like I'm not worthy of God's love, and everyone else is so much more worthy. Right? You hear that? No. Listen, listen. The uniqueness of Jesus is this. And his story, he alone brings forgiveness to anyone who's willing to humble themselves and receive it. Are you willing to do so? Yes, I'm talking to the non-Christian, but I'm also talking to every one of you followers of Jesus. If you've never prayed to receive Jesus as your God and Lord, now there's so many options out there. But listen, and maybe that's why you're here or you're listening into this for some reason. You're looking, you're searching, and you know this your heart is not satisfied. All those other options ultimately are hollow and vain. Will you come to Jesus today? Will you trust him? It doesn't take tons of faith. Just The Bible says, faith of a mustard seed. That's the smallest seed in in all of Israel in Jesus' day. But you see, if you do know Jesus as your God and your Lord, our hearts constantly need to be, say it this way, gripped by his grace. What does that mean? Is that a religious term? I'm going to tell you. It means... Jesus, that you are putting yourselves in a posture in your heart, in your saying to God, I need you every hour. What we sang earlier, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Every hour, every moment, every second, I need you. That's what, what, as we say, God, I need you. I welcome your great love for me. He pours out his love through his Holy Spirit into our hearts. It's shed abroad, the Bible says. It's beautiful what God does for those who are ready to receive his love and welcome his grace. You see, we know, we know this, that once you receive that love, you can't keep it to yourself, right? Right? the way the church is going to make a difference is not by just going to go try and do a lot more stuff. It's actually for a lot of the church, the whole of the church, to hunger and thirst for knowing Jesus and his word. With growing with the the means of God-centered prayer and learning. How do I do that? With continually coming as you are here today to the Lord's table and being refreshed by the sacraments of grace that He provides. You see, what we need is Him to satisfy our longing hearts. We need more of a growing hunger for God, for Christ. That's what sitting at his feet really is. It's becoming more and more hearts of worshipers who long to say, God, I need you. Lord, I need you. Are you there today? Are you at that place? You see, you could be anywhere in the journey You might be going, everything's going well for you and it's all splendid and you're thinking, I don't, maybe you're thinking, not so much I need you, Jesus. I'd like to need you, but I'm pretty good. But I know many of you in your hearts as your pastor, one of your pastors. You're facing stuff and circumstances and trials. And will you again this day Confess your need for Jesus. Confessing your sins, yes, but receiving his great forgiveness. Let's do that today as we come to his table and rejoice. Lord, we thank you. We come today. We need you, Lord. Yes, we need you. Help us, we pray in your great name, which is your character, which is who you are and what you've done. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at The Vine CC. Have a great week.